Is that something you might be doing someday with Ethicon? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, you know, Ethicon's also quite diversified. We're into uh, things like adhesives. We're into topical skin adhesives, you know, um, with uh, various products, Dermabond and Prineo. So um, there are certain cases where adhesives can be used quite effectively to hold tissues together. Um, and in, in particular uh, today, that's skin. Uh, and so, you know, we're already making some inroads there. Regarding sutures, of course, sutures have been around for a long time. Egyptians used, you know, over 2,000 years, the Egyptians, the Romans, so many, mm. uh, so many uh, societies throughout history have used sutures. And I think that uh, it's always good to look at, at new opportunities, new innovations. We do that with our, uh, with our adhesives uh, and that whole branch. In my mind, and I'm not a surgeon, but when I, when I go in the lab and, 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 and work with the product, the suture is, is interesting because you're not only, it's, it's a tool that helps to approximate the tissue and then in its final state, hold the tissue together. So when there's an open incision and, the, and there's tension in the incision and the tissues are being pulled apart, you have to also first pull them, as you know, doctor, better than I do, pull them together mm-hmm. and get a good approximation. And mm-hmm. that, that, that suture, or sometimes now we're using more and more barb sutures like Stratifix, mm-hmm. um, really kind of helps to do two things. It's more than just holding the tissue together. It's a tool, it's an interoperative tool to bring those tissue layers together. And that's, that's a little bit of a challenge with something like an adhesive or sealing or, you know, mm-hmm. if we were... You know, really went out there and said, we're going to laser tack weld tissue together, you still need that first step of pulling the tissue into close approximation. And there's something about, about a suture, about a string that humans uh, work really, really well with. You know, the uh, humans can work at, do amazing things with their hands. And when you put a suture in a suture uh, needle in a talented surgeon's hands, uh, they can do amazing things. And part of it, I think, is that first step of getting really good approximation in a, in a, you know, in a short amount of time. So, Frank, um, I have a couple of minutes yeah. left. I have one last question for you that's fascinating. The metal alloys that you use, tell us a little bit about what you're up to in terms of the types of metal and why that makes a difference. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an area that, that I'm, I was passionate about. So I did a, a background in, in material science and, and uh, metallurgy. And um, when I joined Ethicon, um, it's almost that the folks were a little bit too too humble about what was done before me. And um I found in the course of trying to produce stronger and stronger suture needles that uh, Ethicon produces probably the strongest, toughest stainless steel known to man, which is mm. quite a quite a strong statement. I'm always looking for people to challenge that mm. and to say, no, there's something stronger and tougher because we are trying to obsolete it. And what's the reason for that? The reason for that is really based on need. And um, in particular, um, for example, in the cardiovascular space where you have a needle the size of your eyelash or smaller, mm. and you're trying to do a blood vessel anastomosis, <laughs> for example, on a coronary artery bypass <laughs> graft, and it's got to be watertight. The patient's going to bleed That's out right. if it's not. That's right. And uh, they got to do a whole bunch of them, and they don't want the patient on the pump for a long time. So that needle's just got to work, and it's tiny. And it's going through calcified tissue. The point can be damaged. It can bend. We always need higher strength. Mm. And so ethaloy is our trademark alloy, and it's it's the strongest stainless steel known to man. Mm. If uh, any of your listeners uh, have an ideas on how to make it stronger, we we're, we're, have open ears. We actually went one step further than that. We tried to, um, after doing a lot of experimentations, making various melts, trying to improve 
we had a, a, a breakthrough with a product called Everpoint and had to switch away from steels. We had to switch away from ferrous metallurgy and build that on a tungsten needle platform. So mm-hmm. it's the first tungsten needle available. And that's used in heart bypass surgery, and it's, it's, it's about 40% stronger than the strongest stainless steel that we have today. And it's just it's just a desperate need. And if we could if we can make it even stronger, it would make the the surgeon's job in this in this case the heart surgeon's job even easier. And and we would do it. Um, so we're we're always on the lookout there. But it's an interesting history. I think Ethicom, you know, this medical device company in surgical care, which you wouldn't think would be kind of at the top of the world, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, uh, offering the strongest uh, stainless steels known to man. We obsoleted a lot of, of really good steels, such as 455 grade used by the military, um, mm-hmm. because it just wasn't strong enough and had to develop our own. So, and a lot of that work at the Ethyloid, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here. Uh, people before me had done that. Um, tungsten rhenium is the latest thing, and it was a, you know, great, great team effort at Ethicon that brought that forth. Is John Collier still alive? He's still there, actually. You know, you 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 spoke with somebody that uh, is very close to John. That was Howard Scalzo from Ethicon. All right. Uh, about you about tell them. You tell them at Ethicon, Frank. I need to talk to John Collier because for him to realize that you've got the wherewithal to be able to design things to make literally the world a better place for all of us, and especially someone like me, a surgeon working behind the scenes. No one's ever going to know your names. But I'm so happy and proud to be able to showcase you guys because it really is wonderful what you do to, to make the world a better place. God bless you for, uh, for doing what you do, Frank. And thanks so much for joining us. I'm so glad everybody's getting to know someone like you is uh, thinking about things that nobody else is thinking about. But boy, do we need you. Thanks so much, Frank, for getting up early to be with us. Thank you, doctors. My pleasure. Thanks for the for the recognition uh, that you that you threw our way there as well. Uh, and uh, you know, it's my, my pleasure. Way as well as all my the Give my best to everybody over there. Thank you so much, Frank. Appreciate it. All right, warriors. The lines are all lit up. The clinic will be open. What a joy to talk to someone who thinks twenty four seven about what kind of tip that suture has to pass so that I can operate on you and make it so that it's watertight. It's awesome. Just awesome to cross-fertilize the different worlds that we live in, whether it's surgery, whether it's art, or whether it's sports. It's all the same. We'll get into it, and I got to tell you where sutures play a big role in the greatest roasted chicken that I've ever had in Los Angeles, and why the sutures made a difference. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar, and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.